I'm uh, Norm Norman Lear, and uh, this is Vicki Adelson. She does a thing called Game Changers, which this is. And which, which you are. I mean, if anybody's a game changer, Norman, I can't think of anybody who suits you, you that type. because I wake up every morning? <laughs> well, considering at 96, that's a pretty good thing. Well, I've done that for 96 times 360-some days a year. <laughs> and, and the fact that we are in your, your office, at, at your offices at Sony, and mm -hmm. you're still coming here pretty much every day. Yes. And I, from what I've been told, you're still in the writer's room at one day at a time. You're still on the floor when they're shooting. We're waiting for a pickup for a fourth season for one day at a time. Which I have no doubt you're going to get. And Didn't you just the third win? season will be up February 8th, folks. Fantastic. And you just won a Critics' Choice Award, yes? And we, Oh, yes. We just won a Critics' Choice Award. Which is quite lovely. What a son of a gun. I'm going to get there yet. <laughs> I'll, be I'll be 97 soon. And When's your birthday? Okay. July. July. July 27th, July I know your 20th. birthday. Don't forget that, folks. <laughs> Leo. Yes. And, okay, so, Norman, I, all right, so one day at a time, if you guys are not watching it, it is brilliant, the, the, the reboot. Somebody wrote today, when is Norman going to be do a reboot of All in the Family? I mean, I, nobody, I mean, it's such, it's so sacrosanct, I can't even imagine. <laughs> but if anybody... There will not be a reboot. We may do a live action, newly cast, one time only, sometime, uh, but uh, really? we're, we're not going to bring back all in the family. Is there somebody that you could see? I cannot even imagine those four people being anybody else. Is there somebody that you could see moving into those roles for a one shot? Oh, I could see you doing it. <laughs> Why aren't you an Edith? Maybe a poor one, but an <laughs> but Edith. Archie! Oh, no. Gloria. There was. Gloria, there you go. Uh, an old Gloria, or maybe a kind of younger Edith. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but for me, my favorite, you changed my life with Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh, yes. I mean, there was I not a day that I missed that oh, show. Oh, my God, I missed the show, too. I loved her so much. Okay, so how, how did that, how, okay, how did that start for you? How, how did Mary Hartman come to be? I wanted to do a soap opera. I thought, I thought what I wanted to do could only be done as a soap opera. To, uh, uh, to take a good look at what media, the amount of media, even in those years, we really? were feeding on, uh, was doing to an average American housewife. Oh, right. The, the, it was always with the, uh, with the commercials, with the soap. Yes. The soap yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and Mary was, <laughs> was always doing that. And, and then the offshoot of that, which was the beginning of parodying talk shows from which tonight, Very the most tonight. brilliant show that ever was. Well, that's because of uh, Martin Moe and Fred, Fred Willard. Just yeah. genius. Two great guys. Um, okay, so so let's get back to Norman for a minute. So Let's get back to Norman. I, Norman! Norman. Um, Samantha, my daughter's here. Samantha yeah. Abelson is Hello, here. Samantha Abelson. Who there. went to NYU where your son Ben went yes. also. and But Ben, I just found out today, went as a composer, which I didn't know. As a composer, now a filmmaker. And now an yeah. incredible filmmaker, making important movies. Making movies. Yeah, well, following in somebody's footsteps here. Following in about 33,000 filmmakers' footsteps in, yeah. in, in one year. <laughs> and, and you've done it's your... What, what he is is a great guy. I like him he, a lot. He's pretty wonderful. I've met him a couple of times. He's not too bad to look at either. Not too bad to look not at. Not too no. bad to look at. And he actually looks very much like you. 
about a foot taller, but very important. Well, not quite as good looking. <laughs> yeah, he tried. You did okay. You've done okay with the ladies over there. But you're a very steadfast guy. You, you put in a good 30 years here with uh, with Lynn, right? You're close to 30 years? Yes. No, we're a little over 30. Over 30 years. years. Yes, and, and I did that twice before. And you did. And you 30 years with the second wife. <laughs> and yeah, you, you, you put in your tenure. And you populated the world with five more women, which is a fabulous thing. How about that? You, you have. And you've been pretty wonderful to women. Well, Oh, a friend of mine ran into you at the theater in New York a couple of weeks ago, Cindy Beagle, and she she saw you at Gloria at the at the um, yeah. at the at the theater, uh -huh. and, and she wrote for Gary Marshall, and she wrote for Laverne and Shirley. And um, yesterday was a pretty rough day. A, a really rough day. And so, can, can, what, what can you tell us about Penny? That um, well, she was brilliant, and she was dear, and she was wonderful, and. And uh, we lead many lives, you know? We lead lives end on end and lives within lives. And it feels to me like I led a life that included Penny Marshall a lot of years ago. Wow. And with, uh, what's her name, Fisher? Carrie. Carrie Fisher. What's her name, Fisher? <laughs> Carrie, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sometime soon, I'll apologize in person. Oh, not soon. No, not soon. Not well, soon. relatively. Relatively. Well, well now, uh, Penny and um, Carrie are having their parties together again. Yeah. They used to celebrate their birthdays together. Right now. I wonder what she's serving. No, I bet it's something good. Yes. I bet it's something fun, too, the two of them. Um, so, seriously, though, Cindy was saying that she thanked you for paving a way for women in the business, which you've done. Not only ha having women in your writer's rooms, women as a showrunner, as you do now on One Day at a Time, but also the characters. That they're, they're the show, by the way, those two showrunners. They are what makes it all work. I've known Mike Royce for a long time. He's a sweetheart. I, I don't know. Um, oh, you don't know uh, Gloria. But I'm hoping yeah. to meet her. And uh, actually, Gloria is doing a pilot for CBS with a uh, an actor named Felix Solis, who I just saw in a play that was brilliant, a Pulitzer Prize winning play. Yes, no, I have, I've been reading about it, I understand. It was, he was. She is fabulous, she's brilliant, she's brilliant. Gloria Calderon-Colette, we are talking about Gloria Yes, and I'm, I'm hoping to invite her to, uh, to do a Game Changer, because she is quite a Game Changer herself. Um, and I know an original One Day at a Time person, Mac, is a, a good friend of mine too. Hi, Mac! Hello, Mac. And, uh, uh, but what you've done for women all along, how, somebody said to me today, how did Maud happen? There's a lot of theories where Maud, who Maud was based on. Who was Maud based on? Uh, Maud was not based on, Maud was based on a lot of relatives in my life. Okay. I was doing it uh, all in the family. Mm -hmm. I wanted Archie Bunker to be pounded. I wanted somebody <laughs> to knock him over. I wanted somebody to, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of swear words and I'm trying to avoid You know, you can say them. We're on, we're on yeah. cable. I wanted I mean, on somebody to bring the fucker down. There you go. There's, there's another fucker we need to bring down. If you can bring somebody along to do that, I'd appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you. I can't imagine. Who are you thinking of? I can't imagine. Anyway, uh, and I remembered from my own growing up 
in my own family, there is nothing in the world like an old relative with a grudge. <laughs> you didn't invite Gert to the wedding 22 and a half years ago. I have I've thought of that every day of my life. Gert I, was not at that wedding. I so and, relate to this. <laughs> uh, so I thought, well, that Edith will have a cousin who was also her best friend when they were growing up who begged Edith not to marry this Archie Bunker person. <laughs> remember. Yeah. And, uh, and then I thought, because oh, she was a good friend, there's only one actress that could how, how did you find Beatrice? Because I knew her from the theater in New York. Okay. And she was in that role. She hated mm. <laughs> Archie, but, <clears throat> but from 25 years. Hysterical. And so she could pick it up from under the ground. <laughs> I love right. it. I love it. And so um, when when I saw you last time and I had asked you if Edith was based on your mom, because having read your book, Edith didn't sound anything like your mom. No, she wasn't my mom. She was not your mom. Before we get to Edith, tell us a little bit about your mom. Well, how long are we going to do this? We're going to do it for as, we're going to talk for as long as you'd like to talk. Oh, well, because... You have a meeting? Uh, I don't think I have a meeting. Good, because I, I want to hear but, stories. But I have a meeting at home. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll let you get home. But, okay. but but we just started. We just started? We, we just... Did, what are you talking about? This is already Thursday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is long form, Norman. She's very pretty, your daughter. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to send you. She just made her first short film, and it's quite brilliant. It's three oh, yes. minutes long, and it's um, pretty brilliant. Oh, I'd love to. Yes. Um, it's called The Audition. The audition. The audition. So, so See, are you in it? She, I am. Yes. You're the auditor. Uh, well, uh, you'll see. You'll see. There's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell tell us about. I know about your mom. Tell 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 everybody about your mom. A loving mom, Norman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my mom. I mean, you know, I don't believe my mom ever told me she loved me mm -hmm. when we were alone. In front of other people, she said, "Oh, you're so special." <laughs> but uh, I'm reminded when I do her of a particular moment in our history together. Yeah. She came out because uh, Lynn had our son Ben, mm -hmm. and she came out to meet Ben, her first grandson. So yes. So it would, she came, she arrived here at night. He was sound asleep. Uh, she went to bed, and uh, she was out having coffee with me in the morning, and now we were sitting in the screening room, I had a screening room, and, uh, and John LaFouk, my son-in-law, was also visiting, mm -hmm. and uh, he came into the screening room carrying Ben, who was two months old or something. So he's got this infant in his arms, and my mother is seated, and he comes up to her like this with the baby, and she, this is exactly the way she carried on about the babies. <laughs> Looking at other people. She never touched them. The fingers did not reach the child. And I thought, holy shit, that was my, because when I called her uh, on a Sunday morning, mm -hmm. after I'd received a call, 
Norman, my good friend, said yesterday that we met the uh, the uh, Television Academy of uh, Arts and whatever uh, met, and we decided we're going to start a Hall of Fame. And the first inductees are going to be William Paley, who started CBS, and Ed Edward R. Murrow, the great. David Sarnoff, who started NBC, Milton Berlusuglo, Patty Chayefsky, and you. And uh, when I got to the you, my mother said, listen, if that's what they do want to do, who am I to say? <laughs> you know, so, it's, it's, so, it's so heart warming and wrenching to know that even when you're Norman Lear, you can't please your mother. Well, especially Oh my God! So did she ever? Did she ever warm to any? Did she ever appreciate anything you did? She did with other people, right? But never with me. Never. No, no. Never. There wasn't a no. moment. Not that I can remember. There was, I started to say there wasn't a moment when she said "I love you" mm -hmm. to me when we were alone. She said it in front of other people, but didn't. I don't remember "I love you," but uh, isn't he wonderful? You know, she raved about me with other to other people. But so she was proud of you because she expressed that with others. Yes. It was just the thing between the two of you. Well, st tell the story about when you were a baby and she was bathing you. Oh, she, oh that's right, too. I, I would say to her, how could you? She was bathing me in a sink in Revere, Massachusetts. And uh, she dropped me and ran for some help. So every time I heard the story over a long for a lot of years, I would say, because I think I was 60 or something when she died, or 58, or, mm -hmm. uh, why did you go to get something? Because I, you fell in the sink, I needed to get somebody to help. But you didn't say you took me out of the sink first. <laughs> she never told the story having taken me out of the sink before she Did went. she take and, you out of the sink first? Well, what did she need the help for if she got me out of the sink? I don't know. She left you in the sink. She left me in the sink and ran and brought a neighbor in and obviously saved me. Obviously. <laughs> obviously, it worked. Because this was some years ago. I was an infant uh, over 96 years ago. Which is... <laughs> Which makes sense since you're 96 years old. Yeah. I, I get, I, I can make that connection. So another thing, I brought you a hat somewhere. I brought right one here. for you and one for Ben. So you did this wonderful PSA for us, uh, thanking the veterans. And I know that's something uh, we brought for you and Ben a hat. I know that um, being in the army was is a great was a great part of your life, and it was a, a choice that you made. You were at Emerson, right? And you yes. enlisted. You. I did. And. Uh, I, yeah, I. Let me tell you this experience. This was very, fairly recent. Okay. My wife and I, uh, well, it's over a year ago. We were, anyway, we were, in, we, we were abroad. We visited John Emerson and his wife were the ambassadors in Berlin. It's a couple of years ago. And they're great friends. So we spent a couple of days with John and Kimberly Emerson. Mm -hmm. And there was a dinner party. Dinner party, sitting around the table. Somebody said, "Mr. Lear, have you ever been in Berlin before?" I said, "No, but I bombed it." <laughs> and there was a horrible <laughs> gasp around the table. 
John, did you not tell him I was, I flew in the 15th Air Force. I bombed, you know, half of Germany. Oh my. Uh, but only once, because it was the longest mission in the uh, European theater. From Foggia, Italy, which is where the 15th Air Force was, mm -hmm. to Berlin was the longest mission. Wow. And so how, I, how long a period of time was it? It was uh, something like 14 hours there and back. And uh, so, I mean, so they said, well, what's that like or something? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I was a radio operator and I had the top gun. Now, my position was closest to the Bombay doors. So I was the guy who was working on radio over here but then had to get up like this after we dropped the bombs and look over, I had the best view. And I could let the uh, pilot know. I had to let the pilot know when the last bomb had left the bay and he could close the doors. Right. So that meant the 35 times we, well, no, the 52 times we dropped bombs. No, 35 times we dropped bombs, 50, we got credit for 52 missions. The 35 times we dropped bombs, I was the one watching our bombs leave the bay and gather with the other bombs from the other planes going down. I'm watching hundreds of bombs fall. Ooh. And I had to wonder what if a bomb missed a target, hit a farmhouse, and a family is sitting around a table. So I had the picture in my mind of a family sitting around a table, a bomb hitting squarely. And I thought, as I asked myself the question, what if? Mm -hmm. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them! <laughs> that's, that's pretty... That's exactly what I felt. But I can't do it without wanting to clench my teeth because of how much I was feeling that. You have to understand there were planes in the air that were firing at us. They were firing from the ground. I mean... Yeah, your things, life was in danger. Things was kind of, were kind of raucous. And... Uh, then I remember because it was a long way home. Two hours later, mm -hmm. three hours later, I'm asking myself, if somebody came up to you, Mr. Lear, at the, at the moment you said, fuck him, mm -hmm. and uh, with a pencil and paper and said, sign this, Mr. Lear, and you will forever mean that you didn't care if it hit a family sitting around a table. And I thought to myself, But I had to know that the fact of my life is I've not been tested. Mm -hmm. I'm repeating a story with everything I felt, but I've never been tested. So the fact that I could feel it, even for an instant, mm -hmm. even for an instant, is, is so human. Because mm -hmm. uh, I can't imagine I could do it, but how on Anyway, but all of your work is about that. I think that's that remarkable and, and so human and important that we all understand that. And that's what your work is about. Your work is about our humanity in every facet, from the most well, humiliating so. things we do to the most wonderful things we do. Um, where did your activism come from? Obviously, it didn't start there. Or maybe my, it did start there. Uh, my father, uh, I was nine years old, my father went to prison. 
salesman? He, he was. He, he tried to sell some fake bonds or mm-hmm. something. He went to prison for three years. While he was at prison, uh, I found on radio a guy by the name of Father Coughlin. Mm-hmm. He was a, uh, a priest. I can't remember where his. He was a major radio personality and a priest and a vicious anti-Semite. Oh, hated Jews. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm a nine-year-old Jewish kid whose father's in jail, and I'm learning that priests, or this priest anyway, hated, and others like him hated me because my father uh, was Jewish. Uh-huh. And uh, that scared me. But, and I'm so happy to be telling the story to get to this point. Okay. I was taking as everybody was in public school, mm-hmm. civics classes. Mm-hmm. Which are not called civics classes. What are they called now? Uh, they don't exist now. Okay. You're not learning what there is to treasure about this, what there was to treasure about this country, and is from time to time, and is not the country that is happening right that now. That I was fighting for in World War mm-hmm. II. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we began to believe we were chosen and got it that's a whole other anyway uh, important to know that we human beings can the, the, the sweetest nicest kindest of us can harbor those feelings I remember when I was thinking just about this after I had my first child mm-hmm. and I thought if somebody hurt that child seriously hurt that child I could drive the six hours it might take me to find him, any moment in which I could change my mind, Mm -hmm. but I would spend every fucking second of six hours to find him and kill him in front of his family. Kill the fucker in front of me. It's so hard to to reconcile the two Normans. Well, but I'm talking about somebody that's... I know. If anybody went after her, they'd, they'd have to get through me. Couldn't you kill? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, right. it's not happened. Yeah. So that's. I, I don't want to be the person that would do that. <laughs> I don't want to be the person that would do that. There's another mother over there too. <clears throat> but I have not been tested. Mm-hmm. But so where did where did the the incredible humanity and activism come? Because you. I think it comes from being able to understand that degree ah, of humanity. Ah. Okay. I get it, that. it isn't that I get off. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I would, you know, mm-hmm. I harbor every feeling anybody else is capable of. I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. And so, your father was not of this thing. Your father was not of similar political belief as you, as from what I understand. Your father was more of an Archie Bunker type. Is that true? Uh, he's more of an Archie Bunker type, but but not politically. He was. He was. How so then? Because Roosevelt was our life when mm-hmm. you know when I was living with my folks. And mm-hmm. He was a Roosevelt, you know, mm-hmm. which mo- most working stiffs were. Mm-hmm. That's why he was so popular. But your father was a bigot, perhaps. Was he bigoted? Uh, you know, there wasn't that much enough conversation about. It. He, he certainly. He used the language. Did he you call know, you? Rigo, 
It's Sunday night, Jeanette. We're going to go out and have chinks. Well, my parents used that too. I mean, that yeah. was kind of what people said. Yes, it was. It was. Was he bigoted? He was bigoted enough to say that. Uh, would he have said that if somebody had taken him through the argument about Herman? You don't need to say that. It's it's freely. You're a bigoted man. Was he a man of conscience, your father? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And your mother? Your mother I was. I don't know if my father was a man of conscience. We, we never talked. I, I didn't know him. Did he call you meathead? He called me meathead. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he called you meathead. And but your mother was not, from what I remember, your mother was not the influence of, of Edith. But please no, tell. I, my mother didn't read it. But who I remember you telling us who you did model Edith after, um, which is a pretty interesting story. Oh, tell it to me! I think I was lying. No, <laughs> you told us that that you would you guys would decide what would Jesus do. Oh, oh God! Yeah. And and that that was. Yeah, but that wasn't. Well, it might have been, but I don't know. It, I, that could have been a year into talking about Edith. Uh huh. And we understood. We realized. That's the way we would answer any question. Wait a minute, there was a show. What the hell was it? Oh, it was about it was the where we were talking about abortion. Right. And uh, and uh, and I had to decide which we would do if it came up, and uh, and where Edith would be if it came up. Mm -hmm. side of the human being. I mean, she would, she, would, she would think abortion was a terrible thing, but if a woman was pleading because she couldn't have a child, mm -hmm. which show was, oh, it was in, in Maud when we were talking Maud about Maud was the abortion show. But with Edith, you, you gave us but the... But then no, we did you, talk about it, yeah. You gave us the example with Edith about, I think it was a transgender, was it a transgender? Yes. As a woman, mm -hmm. and uh, anyway, this the story of the show, uh, the episode was Archie was driving a cab at night because he needed some extra money, mm -hmm. so he was holding on two jobs. He came back with a story about saving a woman's life who needed mouth-to-mouth uh, -mouth resuscitation. Resuscitation. I remember that episode so well. In the back seat, mm -hmm. and, he, and he saved her life. He couldn't have been prouder. And he went upstairs a little bit later. The doorbell rings. Edith opens the door. It's the woman who found out where the cab driver lived. She came to say to to uh, thank him for saving her life. She wouldn't be alive. If and we learn as she's talking to Edith that she's really transgender. Which Edith takes, the way Edith would take it, you know. Mm -hmm. That's where we asked ourselves, how would Jesus respond? Uh huh. That's the way she would respond. And then Archie came downstairs and recognized the woman and <laughs> was pleased and proud that she came to thank him and so forth. And then he finds out who she is. <laughs> and that was. And then um, <laughs> Archie, you talked about. Um, 
with us before about Edith losing her faith and then how she would get it back. I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, we did. We, was we, that the abortion when she no, no? She lost her faith when this guy was killed in the street for being who he was. Right, 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 right. And I couldn't imagine. We couldn't find a reason how she got it back. In the we couldn't do the first show because in the next show she had to get her faith back. Right. Uh, it took us months. Oh wow. And uh, I, I had a philosophy professor coming in from UCLA. I had somebody from USC, you know, three weeks in, six weeks in, to spark a conversation, what would happen? And then somebody, mm -hmm. all those weeks later, asked, what happened to Archie when she lost her faith? Nobody, had, we hadn't visited that. Edith lost her strength. Archie would be shot. You know, he would be out. He would fall apart. Mm. So that's the way we did it. Brilliant. What uh, what sparked Sanford and Son? Uh, the sight and sound of uh, of what's his face in in a, in a lounge in Las Vegas. That's what sparked Sanford. I had, the, there was a Steptoe and Son that mm -hmm. had been a big hit in Britain. It was a white dude. Uh, oh. But when we fell in love, Bud and I, Bud Yorkin and I uh, were in Las Vegas and we fell in love with what's his I, I am totally like spacing. How am I spacing? But on J James, not James. Um, ah! I'm going to have to go to, to Google. Sanford and Son. Son. Who oh played Sanford and Son? Oh, my God. Why am I? I my uh, son loves the show. I love it, too. And, and who, I can't who believe. Who was the actor if your son yeah. loves the show? I, I should call him. Now I'm looking it <laughs> up know. right now. Yeah, she's going to find it. Here. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. I'm like, I cannot believe that I am. I, I can't, can't think of his name. This is horrific here. Wait a minute. And, oh, and, oh. Yeah, I know. Um, and I can see oh, his face. Fox. Red no, Fox. Yes. Thank you. Funny, the red oh word God. red was in my mind. Red Fox. Yes. Uh, red. Red, yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm talking about a guy who could break every picture here <laughs> with fury that I could forget his name in this context. Sorry, Red. I think my father actually, my father was an MC in the Catskills. I think he presented him once, actually. Oh, yes? Yeah, I think so. Um, in what years was your father? In the in the fifty late fifties and in the early six in the, well all through the sixties and the early seventies. When was he doing stand up? When did you see him do stand up? Who read? Yeah. In forty nine or something <laughs> like that. No, really? No, 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 no. Oh, no, later than that. No, no, When I was doing. Yeah, so this, the the late we sixties, early seventies, yeah. yeah, and so, and so it it seems like each of your like all in the family sparked off a lot of shows, right? The, the, the mod came from all in the family. The Jeffersons came from all in the well, family. Well, what what happened was, uh, yeah, all in the family's on the air, and the Jeffersons are next door. Right, and Mrs. Jefferson is funny and and uh, and terrific, and now. About her as uh, she's in the minors. Is she a start? Can she be a major? Yes. 
Okay, well now let's, uh, it's not going to be, let's introduce the man she might be married to. So we, one night, he asked to pick her up for whatever reason the script described, mm -hmm. and we cast John Amos. Mm -hmm. Now Fred Silverman calls from New York the mm -hmm. night it aired and says, that, that's an interesting couple, wouldn't that make, well, that's exactly why we did it the way we did it. That happened. The night that was going, that went on, Fred called and said, there's a show in East Cathedral. That's fun. So, which was what you were aiming for? Which is exactly what we were aiming for. Then we were on the air for a while. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, one rabble rouser, black dude, I can't remember, he was great. Uh, Sto uh, Carmichael. Stokey Carmichael. Stokey Carmichael. Uh, came to see me, wanted to see the garbage man. He told <laughs> the secretary, I want to see the garbage man. Anyway, he came in to see the garbage man. Mm -hmm. Why is a show, the only show, black show on television, a guy has to hold down two and sometimes three jobs. So, you know, we got black people in this country doing a lot better than that. Okay, that was an idea. Wait, moving on up. Wait a minute, we have the Jeffersons living next door. They're already, why don't we have him suddenly have a second cleaning store? Mm -hmm. And so we've been moving on up. And yeah, you were the first ones to show black affluence. You were the first ones to do a lot of things. Where did uh, One Day at a Time come from, the original? What sparked that? That came from uh, Alan Mannings and his wife, Whitney Blake. Alan was writing on the show, Whitney was a consultant, and uh, there was nobody, there, was, there wasn't a woman on television without a man, uh, certainly wow. not a mother. Um, yeah, yeah, there was Mary. Was Mary before or after? Well, no, before. Well, yeah, yeah. Before. Uh, when uh, Jim Brooks and Alan Burns mm -hmm. conceived of Mary, their first thought was that she was divorced. The network wouldn't have it. Really? So it was easy for them to say, you know, so she wasn't divorced. I'll never forget that. I learned that late, mm -hmm. you know, years after Mary was off the air probably is when I learned that that was the original concept. Mm -hmm. So Alan Mannings and Whitney said, no, it's time to have a woman with children who's divorced. Wow. And that was a fight with the network, but that's, did you have to fight it when to get it on? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, but you know, we were very successful, so that made the fight easier. What What inspired you to bring it back? Uh, somebody else said, "Wouldn't they uh, be a good idea to do a Latina version of it?" And I thought, "Great." So it was somebody else's thought. saw her in the Ritz on Broadway years ago. Um, I wait, saw her in the Ritz. Did you? Oh, yeah. God, with Jack Weston. That was such a great show. 
I'm, I'm looking at uh, because I'm going to forget the name again. The one that you did with Peter Tolan that just uh, that you just had the pilot. Guess on. who died? Guess who died? Okay, so now you told the story of that 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 was sort of your passion project, and you did get to film the pilot. Is that an ageist thing again that it didn't get picked up? What's what's going yeah, on I, there? I, 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 you have to. Uh, I can't read the minds of mm. the. Because you had an incredible cast. I had a great cast. I Colin thought, Taylor. I thought we could have done it all a little bit better, but mm. I thought it was terrific. And no, you know, no excuses for it. They just didn't like it. Is it something that you might one day try to resurrect or Absolutely. dump? Absolutely. Because I know that was your passion project for you. talked yeah. about it a few years ago. Absolutely. What's the Tell us doing, the premise. They're, they're doing something with older people. Anyway, it's, there are no old people on there are no old people. And there are a lot of old people around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and I know a couple of them. Mm. Um, um, if, if my name's not in the obit, uh, I'll have breakfast. I'll have breakfast. And, oh, and yeah. you and, and Carl and Dick Van Dyke and, and George Shapiro yeah. and all of Mel. That was George Shapiro's, you know, he was the uh, genius behind or it's the fantastic. force mm -hmm. that got that done. He's fantastic. Yeah, it's a fantastic no, piece. If you're not in the obit, have breakfast. So, so aside from that being a passion project, is there anything else that, that sort of burns for you that you'd still like to do? I mean, you've done quite a bit. Yeah, no, there are a lot of things I'd like to do. Anything you can talk about? Okay, you don't have to talk about it. Yeah. So, so... I mean, you know, what? I don't know why anything it would be surprising. Mm -hmm. it's, every day's a new day, and... Mm -hmm. The mind is, is working, so there would always be a bunch of ideas. There's, I just pulled out these two boxes that are down there if the camera sees them. Uh, you see them? I see them. There's two yeah. big boxes of, of a manila folders with, with ideas. And they're all from through the years, shows that were developed. Some of them were pilots, some of them. Uh, we worked and never got a script that we liked well enough. of the, uh, I, don't, I don't know where to put my hand on the list of the projects in there, but there are like, those are of two of maybe 40 Wow. Boxes. Of things uh, that you've uh, developed over uh, the years? Over the years, yeah. And I'm sure there's some gold in there. Plenty oh, of gold. Oh, my God. Just take balls alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so... Were you always a champion for what? What do you think sparked? Well, it's humanity. You, knowing your own humanity yeah. is that what sparked? I, what's what sparked your desire to to your passion to share other people's humanity? The foolishness of the human condition. Who, who? It exists in every situation. Wherever you find a human being, mm -hmm. you will find. Life is very serious, mm -hmm. and within what is very serious, there's a lot of foolishness. Were you funny? Were you funny when you were little? I see you have to ask my mother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I wrote the, uh, the uh, humor column in uh, high school. Oh, notes, did you? Notes, notes to you from King Lear. <laughs> uh, you knew you were going to be so the king. It's so terrible. 
so terrible. It's good to be the king, though. And you went to Emerson for writing? Was that your? Yeah. And so what was the first, what was the first, what was your first, first thing you wrote? The first thing, uh, the first thing, see, I, I wanted to be a, uh, a publicist. Okay, I love that story. Tell, tell yeah, that story yeah, why. I, I had one uncle who used to put me a quarter. Hmm. When everybody was, was poor. It, it, we were, I was a kid of the Depression, so mm -hmm. we were, the only conversation I can remember in the family was who could afford the sneakers next week, mm. my sister mm. or me. Mm. Uh, what could we do with the quarter? We, I'm sitting on a fire escape with my mother, father, and sister, and there's 10 minutes of conversation before it's decided that I can run down to the drugstore and get a quart of ice cream for a quarter. Wow. Spending that quarter on the ice cream was a big decision. When did that shift in your life? Did it, because going to Emerson cost money. Oh, you got a scholarship, didn't I got you? A scholarship, yeah. And then you enlisted. And, but we were it was, it was well off past the depression. Mm -hmm. And was your father? Did when your father came out of prison? Did he? He made a living. He made a living. Yeah. Did your mother work? <laughs> did she appreciate you being good to her, which I'm sure you were? I'm sure she did. Mm -hmm. What, uh, did you always so respect? this is live right now. This is live, so yeah. So right now there could be 60 or 60... Million. There could be 60 million people watching <laughs> us right now. We don't know. There could be. You never know. Um, so, oh, Felix Solis was wa is watching us. Hey, Felix. Felix is such How a. How you doing, buddy? He is such a fabulous actor. I cannot. He did his opening monologue. To the audience, I have never been so moved by anything in my life. I have never been so. Where, moved. where did he do this? It was what theater was it at? It was at the Fountain Theater, Pulitzer Prize winning. Yes. Uh, and he's in in. Kellett. A Gloria, Gloria. Oh, he's in her pilot oh. it, it, for CBS, and he is the most extraordinary actor. It was the most breathtaking. Oh, I hope that pilot goes. I hope, I hope so that too. Pilot goes I hope twice. so too. It was it was really breathtaking. Um, so, did did you always? How did you come to respect women so much when you had this I had mom? a mother and a sister. And, but your mother was. And struggling. I noticed them in the streets, and I heard uh, Molly Pecan. Broadway, <laughs> and uh, who was it? My mother. My mother yelled out the window one day when I was nine or so. Uh, Norman, Norman, we're going to eat dinner a little early. Uh, who was the big heavy singer woman? She had her own radio show. Norman, Norman, hurry up, Kate. Kate Smith. Kate Smith. Yeah. Kate Smith is going to sing. Uh, uh, she used to sing the God bless round, The music oh. went round and round tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the music goes round, round and round. round. Oh. So, 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 did you have any particular heroes when you were little? Did any women, were there women that, who were your heroes when you there were There were so many. There were all the Rosalind Russells and the Ginger Rogers. Mm -hmm. and, 
I mean, there were such, such Betty Davis and uh, such great women. Who? Uh, what, what the hell was the uh, screen goddesses? That was an expression. Greta Garbo. Oh, Greta Garbo. Mm -hmm. My God. There were How about comedians? Who? Who? Bert Lahr comes quickly to mind. There's a picture about Laurel and Hardy that's out now that I've tried to look at. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> they were so, so funny. And Wheeler and Woolsey goes back longer than... I don't know who they are. You would remember Wheeler and Woolsey. Oh, how I love them. And what? how I remember Henry Armetta was a character actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a Wheeler and Woolsey comedy, he played a sanitation worker who was sitting despondently on a uh, on the, in the gutter mm -hmm. on a on the gutter uh, with his brush, and uh, <laughs> and somebody passing by said, uh, "Are you all right? All right, all right." And he he, he sobbed. What's the matter? And then the guy got up and made this long tirade, hilarious, about uh, he's going to lose his job soon. And now a, 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 an old car goes by. And, you know, these, he didn't say fuck or anything like that. But, <laughs> but he said, Worse the, to that the, effect. The equivalent <laughs> of, of that in, in, non, in good language. Mm -hmm. But uh, they were taking his job. Soon there wouldn't be a horse left to clean up after. <laughs> <laughs> and Henry, I met him at this wonderful, glorious uh, speech about cars were doing away with horses in mm -hmm. the street, and his job would be gone. Are there are there comedians now who ring your bell? Like who 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 excites you now? What talent out there? Are there shows that you love? Uh, there's, too, there's too much to concentrate on. I, I don't know how to watch as much as there is. Is, is there anybody so that excites this, you as a and performer? And at this particular time, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't say this proudly, but I'll watch the news over and over and over again, waiting for something to happen. So we're concluding. We're concluding. How did you meet Paul Hipp? He's an old friend of mine. Paul Head? Mm -hmm. Oh, he said to say hello, of oh, course. Oh, nice. Uh, I don't know. I got, I, I got really lucky one day and met Paul Head because he enjoys a great cigar. Mm -hmm. I enjoy a great cigar. We enjoy nothing more than his coming over. We sit on the deck outside our kitchen and, uh, and we'll have a meal, perhaps. And we'll talk. Anyway, as a matter of fact, we do this, he and I. Together. A podcast, yes, a, a wonderful lot. podcast. A lot. Mm -hmm. but the, I'm not oh, you mean just having cigars? Just having cigars. Uh huh. But then every six weeks or so, mm -hmm. we get eight or ten guys who come over for a great dinner and, and, and wines, because one guy is a wine aficionado. Mm -hmm. And then they all smoke uh, Cuban cigars and they all play instruments. Do you? So, no, I'm the only one that doesn't play an instrument. I just sing my ass off. 
and we sit around this table and we smoke a cigar after dinner, a little uh, wine chaser, mm -hmm. and they all play and we sing till one, two o'clock in the morning. It's the sweetest of nights. Paul is a wonderful singer-songwriter. Oh, he wrote a beautiful happy birthday song to you. That's amazing. He, he did. You might, you might play it. Yes, I'll put the link on so people put, can hear it. It's, it's a wonderful. It's, it's fabulous. It's yeah, a my whole song. life. Yeah, it's pretty mm -hmm. wonderful. Paul played, did he play James? Was it, did he play James? Did, did he play, was it James Dean that he played on stage? He played, um, he, no, he played no, Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. He played Buddy Holly on stage in, on Broadway yeah. and in London. Yeah, he's an amazing actor. He was a big star mm -hmm. out of that show, and then he started to drink too much. I and fired him for being a drunk. But drunk. meanwhile, I was a marijuana addict when I was doing it, because oh, I was yes. very human and hypocritical at the time. But and then he went into AAA, mm -hmm. and you did something similar. I did. And look at the healthy people I'm in. He's a and he's he's been he really turned his life around. He's yeah. fantastic. Oh, he's fabulous. He's fantastic. Fabulous. And we have another fabulous friend in common, Phil Rosenthal. Oh. Who um, I couldn't adore more, and I'm sure you feel the same way. So here's my last question to you of the day. So as we were driving here, we passed Langers. Now I'm a Jewish girl from New York. Yeah. When I eat my pastrami, I eat it on rye with mustard. You guys are ordering the number 19. I don't know if I can do this. It's got- Wait, wait, number 19 is, 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 is the pastrami with coleslaw. Wait, oh, it's got coleslaw, but it also has Russian dressing and Swiss cheese. This is not oh, a I, Jewish I don't, thing. I don't, I don't get it with the Swiss cheese. Uh-huh, okay, because that's just not a Jewish no. thing. No, you no. can't do it. No. <laughs> you can't do it. I don't get it with it. I get the number 19 without the cheese. All right, well, I'll remember that because we might have to stop at Langer's on the way home. I think Christine is very excited. Um, Norman, thank you so much for You're doing this. You are welcome so much. I, I adore you. I, I thank you so much for my lifetime of joy and uh, the laughter time. and the crying and the, the thinking that you've caused in my life, uh, but mostly I, the pleasure. I appreciate that. I and, appreciate um, and I appreciate you coming with this nice person. Who Christina is? is lovely. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. And my daughter Samantha. daughter, Samantha. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you her film, to, her little three-minute film to watch. Oh, like to and for all of you out there, I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas, oh. a very happy holiday. We're going to see you next week, um, the day after Christmas, with Wendy Liebman and Jeffrey Sherman. Oh, that's and, nice. And, um, and we will see you then. And, uh, and yeah. I want to say so long, too. So long, too. <laughs> So long too. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Norman.